Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. That's especially true this week. My colleague in Minnesota, Tim Yatter with Viking Update, does a great job. So you want to check out his stuff to get you ready for the guys in purple. You know, also get you ready for the Vikings. My colleague Sam Ekstrom from Lockdown Vikings. You want to check out his podcast this week as well. And in fact, my plan for this week is today I'm talking Green Bay's offense against Minnesota's defense. Tomorrow I'm going to have Sam on the show. And then Friday will be Green Bay's defense against Minnesota's offense. Uh, We'll get into some of those matchups later today. But first, it's first down. And you look at one of the best rivalries in all of sports. Now, personal, I'm I'm really looking forward to making this trip. My favorite all-time stadium was the Metrodome. Now, don't laugh. I'll explain. Yeah, Lambeau Field is better, in the, I, and I'm, it's not knocking that, but here's why I'm saying this. I sit in a press box in Lambeau Field. It's like watching it on TV because we're, we're, you know, we're in closing glass. You kind of hear the crowd, you, but you don't really get a flavor for the game. At the Metrodome, they sat us at the 35, well, I was at the 35-yard line. We might have been 30 rows up. You know, in Lambeau Field, I'm on the seventh floor. So it was like we were given a great seat, and there's no press box in the Metrodome. I mean, you sat out with the fans. So, you know, by the end of the first quarter, your ears are ringing because the place is so loud. But I remember sitting there in 2008, 2009, 2010, and that'd be, I would say, the post far stuff. You know who else sits out with us? Ted Thompson. So fans are just walking past us, you know, because the aisle, you know, to get beer or whatever is, you know, right in front of us. And the fans are just yelling at Thompson. And then, of course, it became, you know, 10 times worse in 2009 when Favre signed with the Vikings. And then the Vikings obviously beat the Packers that year at the Metrodome and at Lambeau, too. But so it was just mayhem and the obscenities being allowed that Thompson and, you know, obviously there's a little bit of beer being consumed by Vikings fans. And speaking of Vikings fans, the stuff they wear in their head is unbelievable. It is just, it is like a mecca for animal skin hats. It's uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Um, anyways, but it was amazing, and, and you know Ted, just not flinching at all. He's like totally tuning it out, and you, of course he's he's not able to tune it out. But you know, just people yelling at him and the f bombs, and it was it was remarkable. I, I I would love those games, and so I'll be interested to see. I, I was told by our, our PR person, Sarah Quick, that. We'll be outdoors in Minneapolis, too. I'm guessing we'll be way up in the rafters, so it won't be nearly as good as the Metrodome was. But I, for that reason, I missed the Metrodome. I don't miss the chicken nugget dinners they'd feed us. Chicken nuggets. Those are great for my kids. Not so great for working people. Anyways, this is the, this, to me, this is the best rivalry that the Packers have. I, I know the Packers-Bears has all the history to it. And I, and, but that game just doesn't have the same fervor as Packers-Vikings. And I, you know, I think a lot of that is Brett Favre. I think it really inflamed the passions of both fan bases. And then, you know, before that, there was Ryan Longwell. And, 
And there's Craig Jennings and those, and while Favre took the high road upon his departure from Green Bay, you know, Longwell, you know, was uh, a little critical of the Green Bay restaurant scene, and, you know, Greg Jennings accuses the Packers of brainwashing their players. So so I, I think the the crossing enemy alliance stuff plays a role in that. And, you know, the Bears have stunk. It's hard to have a rival when you stink, right? It's been one-sided, and, you know, I realized that the Bears got to the championship game in 2010, and then there was the, the great playoff game in 2013 where Rodgers knocked out the Bears with, with the Hail Mary, to, or not the Hail Mary, the, the long touchdown pass to Cobb in the winning minute seconds there, but... Those really have been the exceptions. The Bears, by and large, haven't been very good. They've gone, they haven't gone to the playoffs in five straight years. They're five and eleven in 2014, six and ten last year. Like I said, it's hard to have a rivalry when it's one-sided. And when it's been Farber gets Jay Cutler, that's what it's one-sided as you get, right? Well, Minnesota's been well, they've been up and down. They really have been, you know, consistently the the, the top challenger. They've got in the last eight, in the last eight seasons, they've, they've got ten plus wins and gone to the playoffs four times. So. The Vikings have been good. Green Bay has been good. And that leads to good football games and, more importantly, meaningful football games. So I think that's where the rivalry is. You know, that said, Green Bay has has owned the series up until when Zimmer took over. Mike Zimmer, the Vikings coach. For his career, McCarthy is 14-5-1 against Minnesota, and including 10-2-1 in his last 13 games. With that, Green Bay has broken open a series that was even. Now they're up 59-50-2. Of course, the Vikings went into Lambeau Field last year and shocked the Packers, and that ended Green Bay's five-year stretch atop the NFC North. Close games will have defined the series while Green Bay has been winning them. Over their past 28 regular season games, the Packers and Vikings have played 19, decided by seven points or less. Now, McCarthy here is 3-1 against Mike Zimmer, but Zimmer's kind of turning a tide here a little bit. So, And we're going to get into that here in just a minute with, with the Vikings, because Zimmer is one of the one of the defensive gurus in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Rodgers saluted him on, even even in his post-game comments on Sunday, he, you know, saluted Zimmer as a trendsetter. So, it's, uh, and one last thing of note here before we get into that stuff, though. This is a dome stadium. Green Bay is 19-11 and 11 inside of domes under McCarthy. That's the, f- that uh, .633 winning percentage is the fourth best in the NFL and tops in the NFC. Now, I'm not talking fourth best among road teams. I'm talking about fourth best team, fourth best period. It's a really salute to McCarthy that only the New England, the Jets, and the Dome home Colts have a better dome winning percentage, or yeah, better dome winning percentage than, than Green Bay does. So Green Bay has found a way to uh, to beat the noise through silent counts and, and you know I think experience and in having the quarterback obviously helps too. Following Sunday's game at Minnesota, the Packers play four consecutive home games, starting off with September 25th versus Detroit. You want to get to Lambeau Field to catch the action, don't you? I have the SeatGeek app by my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any other weekend of the NFL season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices, prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced tickets and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. How cool is that? So to get your $20 rebate on tickets... 
First, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Then enter the promo code LOPACKERS. That's L for O, O for ON, then PACKERS. Then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Easy peasy, as my boys would say. You know, I was looking through the SeatGeek app last night. For the opener against Detroit, the uh, cheapest stuff I found were standing room only tickets for 150 bucks. And I found a good deal on seats near midfield for $292. Want to go? Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOPACKERS. On to second down, and that'd be Green Bay's pass offense against Minnesota's pass defense. Well, the Packers have owned the Vikings in this rivalry, Rodgers has owned the Vikings as well, and that's kind of obviously probably not a coincidence that those two are related. 17 career games against Minnesota, including the one playoff matchup. Rodgers has completed 68.9% of his passes for 4,267 yards, 35 touchdowns, and a ridiculous five interceptions. That's good for a rating of 112.7. His record, his rating versus Minnesota is the highest versus any team in which he's thrown at least 100 passes. He's topped a 100 rating in 10 of his last 14 against Minnesota, including that one playoff game. In his last seven games versus Minnesota, Rodgers has thrown 15 touchdowns, one interception. But the, uh, the table's turning here under, under Vikings coach Mike Zimmer. His first year is 2014, and Rodgers just lit them up both games. But last year, different story. Rodgers' rating in the win at Minnesota was 86.9. And he completed just 47, 47% of his passes. And then last year's loss at home, which cost the Packers the division, Rodgers' rating was just 80.8 with one interception. So the Vikings have kind of closed that gap. Vikings DN Everson Griffin had this to say about Riders on Monday. Quote, he can, get, he can get the ball out of his hand at any angle. When he gets hit, he's going to look for guys. He's going to get out of the pocket. He can throw it deep. He's got Jordy Nelson, and that's his deep threat. And they've got Cobb in the slot. So there's a lot of stuff to have. A lot of athletes there. So what we have to do is keep it basic. Get out there and rush and cover well and make the tackles and have contested throws and have PBUs and knock down balls and get interceptions. So it'll be interesting to see what the Vikings do here schematically. In the first half against Marcus Mariota, as our, my colleague Tim Yatter uh, really broke down well, they blitzed Marcus Mariota like crazy in that first half. You know, just about every play it was, you know, five and six man rushes. Well, you know, didn't go quite so well. So, you know, Zimmer scaled it back and basically just went vanilla with four-man rushes in that second half. And then the Vikings defense really took charge of that game and and, and beat up on the Titans to, to emerge a week one would. You know, this is what Zimmer had to say about Mariota, and it probably holds true for Rodgers, too. And, you know, it probably, and it probably holds true, really, for any quarterback who can run. And that means they have to keep Rodgers in that pocket. Here's what Zimmer had to say. He says, you have to be smart with the way you rush. You can't run by the quarterback and open up the lanes. The guy on the weak side has to be very conscious of collapsing the pocket. I thought we did, for the most part, a good job of that on Sunday. You know, Minnesota is not a great pass rush team, at least they haven't been. But, you know, it's they they do so many they do so many things well and they just make you work for it. And I, I, what will be key here, well, Green Bay is probably gonna be without Sam Shields because of because of that concussion. The Vikings are probably going to be without their top cornerback as well, and that's Xavier Rhodes. He's a guy that Rodgers has pointed to a few times in the past as a guy that he really respects. Rhodes felt a pop, his word, a pop, in his knee pregame versus Tennessee and was inactive and um, no surgery necessary, but uh, he's probably not going to play on, on Sunday. So while Green Bay, or while Minnesota's out without their top corner, 
Green Bay's got Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook. That's two guys they didn't have in those matchups last year. So I think, I think Green Bay's offense is better. We'll see. Because obviously Green Bay's offense has to get better compared to last week, too. I went to Pro Football Reference, which has awesome stats. I looked up yards for target for wide receivers. Now, of, of wide receivers who caught at least four passes last week, Jordy Nelson had the third worst yards per target at 3.56. Now, this is one of the ultimate big play guys pre-ACL injury. So I, I'm not reading anything into one game with so-so production. We'll see how he is this week and week three and week four and week eight and when where he progresses to. So I, I'm not reading anything into it. But I'm just saying Green Bay's pass offense has to get better. Nelson with that 3.56 yards per target. Cobb was 18th worse at 7.13. And that's even with that long downfield catch he had where he juggled the ball for about a minute before he caught it and he was wide open. I mean, well, just, that was a big game, but I mean, that, that could have gone the distance. So they, they've got to they, they got to make stuff happen. I mean, Rodgers needs to make some plays down the field, and the receivers have to get some yak. This historically, and even last year, is one of the NFL's top yak teams, and they, and they didn't get much done against the Jaguars. Again, it's one game, not running anything into it, no cause for alarm. They just got to get better. And the challenge, of course, will be Mike Zimmer's defense because it is really, really good. And I'll get, I'll get into the personnel here in, in a second. But here's what Mike McCarthy had to say about Zimmer's defense on Monday. Mike Zimmer's defense, he always does a very good job of taking away, challenging, challenging you at the things you do best. They're playing well, just in the early report coming out of the Tennessee game, and obviously had a fine season last year. This will be an excellent matchup for us Sunday night. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by me. PackerReport.com is the home of my world's best preview and inside the numbers postgame feature, plus plenty more of exclusive content throughout the week. Plus, my members receive 10% discounts on tickets and gear through affiliation with Fanatics. I got a sweet deal on a golf bag from Mrs. Packer Report with that Fanatics discount. And if your business would like to reach Packers fans, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Did you know a recent study from Edison Research found that 65% of podcast listeners said the ads increased their likelihood of purchasing a product? Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for great rates and demographic breakdowns. On to third down, and that's Green Bay's rushing attack against Minnesota's run defense. Minnesota's run defense is really, really good, and that starts with personnel. And I know... That coach of Mike Zimmer is one of the great coaches in this league. He was a terrific defensive coordinator before he got this job in Minnesota. But it helps to have personnel, and he's got it. His defense has six first-round picks in the starting lineup, and that's even without Xavier Rhodes, because he's going to replace Rhodes a first-round pick with Trey Wayne's a first-round pick. So even with that, they got six first-rounders, and that's defensive tackle Sharif Floyd. Linebackers Anthony Barr and Chad Greenway. Cornerbacks Terrence Newman and, and Wayne's. And safety, Harrison Smith. They've got two second-rounders with defensive tackle Linval Joseph and linebacker Eric Kendricks. And obviously, Kendricks, their middle linebacker, was a guy bantied about as Green Bay's possible first-round pick in a 15 draft. So that's how good of a player he is. Then two fourth-rounders with, with DN's Brian Robison and Everson Griffin. And Griffison's a terrific player. I mean, he really has, has developed into a, a, a stud with that you know, 275, 280-pound frame who runs like crazy. And the one and only guy, less than a fourth-round pick, is safety Andrew Sandejo, their strong safety, who was undrafted in 14. So it's a defense with a lot of talent. And you mix talent and scheme, this is what you get. A dang good defense. 
and and the Vikings enter this week. It's one week, obviously, but Tennessee's got a really good running game. When you got when you look at their running backs with with Demarco Murray and the and the rookie running back from Alabama, who's oh Derrick Henry. They've got two really good running backs. Mariota's a great scrambler. And they came out of last week ranked fifth against the run and tied for sixth in yards law per carry. Then there was a 2.91. So it's a stifling defense. And you know what? They showed up in, in the game against Green Bay last year, too. In the game the Packers won at Minneapolis, the Packers averaged 3.6 yards per carry. Not bad, not great. In the season ending loss, or not the, the regular season ending loss at Lambeau, they averaged just 2.9 yards per carry. When they averaged 2.9 per carry, you know what that means? It means third and long. And that led to Green Bay going just 2 out of 15 on third down in that game. And that's, I mean, that to me, that was the reason why the Packers lost that game. Because the defense is great. You know, it was just the, the special teams, there was a special teams breakdown, and then the third down was awful. You know, Green Bay ran it okay against Jacksonville when you include Eddie Lacy's 28 yard run, but. Here's the tail of the tape at the end. Lacey, 14 carries for 61 yards. Starks, 4 for 7. As a team, they averaged 3.9. And I hate doing this, but if you take Eddie Lacey's 28-yard run out of the equation, I hate doing that because they all count. But if you do that, Green Bay's run offense goes down to 2.8 yards per carry. I mean, that is not winning football. And you know what? They were able to get by in Jacksonville with that because... It was a bipartisan crowd. It was an outdoor game, so the noise is manageable. The noise is not going to be manageable here on Sunday night. And you know, I remember a lot of those many games at the Metrodome and even at the the College Stadium last year. It's kind of a bipartisan crowd there too, where maybe it was two thirds Vikings. Heck, you know, I remember uh, a couple of years ago at the Metrodome when the Vikings are terrible and you know the, the Packers own the place. But I mean, this, they're not they're not going to own the place. This is going to be. An overwhelming Vikings crowd, even even being a border battle and everything else, this is going to be a loud, loud, loud place. And Green Bay is going to have a hard time if it's third and long and that crowd's going crazy for the entire game. And I know I know Rodgers is great at mitigating that noise with silent counts, but this you know this will be this will be J.C. Treader's first experience at this. This will be Lane Taylor's first experience at this. So it's going to be they're going to be challenged here. And if you can just run the ball. A little. You know, that, that 3.6 yards of carry that they had in Minneapolis last year, I think if they can do that, they're going to they're gonna be in, in good shape to, you know, to have it third and manageable. If it's third and manageable, Rodgers can do whatever he wants as far as run-pass options, and Rodgers is taking off and running. So I think I think this is going to be the key, and is Lacey looked really good in week one. You know, the old line pass protected well, but, you know, all those guys that I talked to on Monday said that they needed to pick up the run blocking, and, you know, I just think... I think it's hard to do both well to start a season. It's hard to pass the ball and run the ball well to start a season because, look, I think, I think Green Bay practiced like 15 times in camp and there's just so limited reps. It's hard to do both well. And I, I, think, I think Green Bay's run game might be a little bit of a work in progress here. And hopefully, you know, for their sake, they, they, they better, that progress better show up on Sunday night. And finally, it's fourth down, and we're going to end this show on a lighthearted note. Earlier in the week, I solicited some Packers-Vikings jokes from you guys, and you certainly delivered, and I would definitely take some more for later in the week. Once again, my email address is packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. From that, it's on the comedy hour, or at least, you know, a comedy two minutes. Look at one here from Callaway from Cedarburg, Wisconsin. This is not really a joke, but how I survived 10 years in Minneapolis that spanned the far Vikings era. I just told them 
people in Minnesota that I, myself, as an individual, have won as many Super Bowl championships as the entire Vikings organization has, then smiled and walked away with my number 12 jersey. This is from Travis. This one has made the rounds, but I enjoy it. A guy walks into a bar, orders a drink from the bartender, and turns to the guy sitting next to him. Hey man, would you like to hear a joke about the Minnesota Vikings? The guy turns to him and says, Listen here, I'm six foot two and 230 pounds, and I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. My friend next to me is six foot five and 250 pounds, and he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. And my other friend next to him is six foot eight and 300 pounds, and he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. Are you sure you still want to tell that joke? The guy thinks for a second, nah, I don't have to explain it three times. So that, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one here. This is from Mike Price. Simplicity on this one. The Vikings will win the NFC North and win the Super Bowl. That a good enough joke? And here's some Cameron. I got a Vikings joke for you. How are the Vikings and a possum alike? They both play dead at home and get killed on the road. So I'd be happy to take some more for, uh, for Friday's show. Once again, Packrider2002 at Yahoo.com. And that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out my stuff at PackerReport.com. A busy day today with, with Adrian Peterson and Mike Zimmer talking to us, along with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Go to my colleague Viking Update. And also check out the great Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, Locked On Packers. Have a great day, everybody. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.